So with that, all that introduction there, I want to just say it's great seeing you guys, and we'll get back in the groove here. I've really been excited about this message. There's a whole lot of stuff going on, and it's really neat how God works things because I see it over and over and over when we're praying about something, and then God really you know, lays it on our heart about what's going on in the community and what's going on in the church and stuff. And man, I've seen so many things on identity theft. And I said, wow, one of my buddies called me another week. He says, hey, that would be a good sermon. And I said, that's a great idea. So when you guys got a good idea, might not get to it that week. But man, we're like, hey, let's pray about that and see what God's got. So I see, I appreciate that. <laughs> see, everybody plays a part. I know I'm talking about spokes in the wheel. Lisa David's setting up today. We appreciate that and all the behind the scenes. But I'm going to go ahead and jump in on this a little bit. Today I want to talk about identity theft. And one of, it's one of the most reported crimes there is. That's pretty amazing when I start doing a little research. That's reported more than most anything else. And so today what I hope to do is inform us, not scare us, but prepare us, all right? So what I hope today is when we see these attacks, just like this morning, you know, we've done all types of things, have my little movie camera ready and everything else, and Thomas goes, it's not working. And I was like, all right, Mama's got another camera. Keep on trucking, you know, it doesn't matter. Because what we want to do is capture some of these things. And as we grow and as we share with other people, they say, man, you guys have a good time, don't you? And we want to have a good time. But most of all, we want to have a God time. So what I'm talking about today is preparation and understanding the key. Did y'all hear? What was that? Identi- identity theft. I apologize. We're getting a rough start here. I'm sorry. Hey, what's going on over there? Hey, hey, what's going on over there? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 good morning, good morning. <laughs> I am so excited to be here today. Man, I'm just excited to see everyone here today. Woo, man, there's so many people working behind the scenes. Man, you know, I like to say, I would just spokes in the wheel for Jesus. Amen? All right. So I just want to thank the setup crew today, my, my ministry partners, uh, you know, the prayer warriors, the meet and greeters. Uh, you know, we got uh, my sons, Thomas and Jesse, my beloved bride, Anisi. Thank you all so much. Amen. Just appreciate all the help you have been, uh, you've been given this ministry. Amen. So, you know, God has been showing me so many things this week. I just, I just keep running over and over at a tape in my head, you know. And uh, I just want to encourage you right now, right out of the chute. Jesus, endless supply of God's love to all mankind. That is, Jesus is the endless supply of God's love. Wow. Man, God wants his best for you, and that's why he sent his son, Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, amen. So, it's the start of a new week. Uh, so, you know, we're just uh, ready to get a booster shot of Jesus. You know, I always like to say, I always like to say, I'm preaching to me first. <laughs> and I'm ready for my booster shot because you can never get too much Jesus. That, that's, a good, that's a good place for an amen. All right. Just let, me get, let me get my notes together here a second here. All right, so if you have your Bibles with you today, uh, I'd like you to turn to, uh, well, you know, the Bible is God's GPS for your life, God's perfect standard, amen? Amen. So if you would, uh, turn with me to Romans uh, 12.2. I want to read right out of the Bible here. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know that God wants, 
then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will is for your life. The Buckrow translation, Romans 12, 2, is what our message is on today. That's identity theft. Amen? David, I can see, he's like, ooh, that's good, that's good. Let me write that down. Write that down. You know, God has a plan for your life. You can let him transform you or let the world steal away who you were meant to be. All right? So, you know, I was just thinking, I, it seems like we're missing something. We're doing those songs this morning. And uh, it seems like we should be doing another song or something. Let me get my ministry partner up here. And we're going to do another okay. song. Okay. <laughs> All right. Woo. You got that? Is that on? Is that on? Yeah. Buddy, Buddy's been messing with this. Buddy's been messing with this. Okay, I'm ready. Guys, you know what we have? We have. She didn't have any idea of this. She didn't have any idea. Just really quick, what, what, can we get strike a pose? Can you can you just say one eight hundred C A L I P T? Carrot top. One eight hundred carrot top. Woo! Man, well, just give us a few minutes to regroup while y'all wipe the tears. And I hope I got my hair right. I didn't have a mirror back there, so I had to just kind of wing it. We were trimming this thing last, last night, like 11 o'clock, you know, just to get it perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I tell people, y'all are not going to hear a word I say when it's all. Give us just a minute. Why don't you tell them a little bit about up-and-coming things? She can't talk. Give me one second. We'll be right with you. I want to thank, I want to thank Nisi. Man, this guy has got me down fat, don't he? If this is the Buck Road translation, this is that. I was like, man. I mean, the whole deal. So give me just a second to regroup. And uh, I tell you what, man, I got to jump back here and fix this wig, all right? Thank you, guys. takes these women so long to get ready now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> I think I should have left the wig on. All right. We're back in the groove, man. That's so good. That's good seeing you guys. I tell you, you know, it's good to have a little fun doing what, uh, doing what we do because, you know, a lot of times people think it's got to be all stiff and stuff. Man, even have my sunglasses, man. This guy's ready to roll. Good deal. Back to our regular schedule program. 
Did you guys enjoy that? Yeah. Now, y'all vouch for him when we put that on Facebook. He said he really doesn't wear them clothes all the time. Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. It's all riding up on me. <laughs> Are these riding up on me? My goodness, how are we going to get back into this? Well, I just wanted to see about identity theft. And what we really hope to cover today is not only talk about, I want to, I want to inform us on stuff that, you know, that's going on in the natural, but also in the supernatural. You know, Satan's always trying to steal away the blessings of, of a child of God. My wife is still laughing at me. My hair is probably sticking straight up, but that's okay. Anything for the kingdom. So let's jump on in here, and I want to talk about a few things. If you've got your sheets, we're going to go down that and give us some facts and details. You guys know I'm a stat guy. I like looking at stuff and, and seeing what's going on here. So I'm going to go ahead and give you some behind the scenes. What we're going to do is kind of start out in the natural of everyday life and then roll over to the supernatural of who we are in Christ, okay? So talking about identity theft. Here we go. Federal Trade Commission. These are some of the stats that they had, okay, guys? I want to take a look at this. Click again. These are some of the things that I found when I was researching and looking at some of the places, uh, like the Federal Trade Commission, and I thought this was amazing. Your chances of being a victim of identity theft are one in four. Isn't that amazing? One in four. Every three seconds, an identity is stolen. Every three seconds. So the time we've been here, I don't know how long we've been here, there's a lot of folks that have been impacted and affected by this. Now, some of these stats, the ones that I could find the best on were back in 2007 because things are still changing and getting some stuff in. 8.4 million Americans were victimized by identity theft in 2007. And how many know things just keep moving faster and faster? And, and, and man, I tell you, those folks that really want to try to make a difference for, the, for uh, their, their game, they just don't let up. But how would it be if we really wanted to make a difference for the gain of the kingdom? It's because we're pressing in, okay? Give you a couple more stats. The total cost to consumers, now this is folks that were affected by this, right, was $49.3 billion in 2007. I don't imagine what it would be now. Things just continue on, and uh, we got to be careful. Last year, I did get this, last year, 2010, said identity theft was ranked as the number one consumer complaint, uh, which accounts for 21% of the complaints according to the Federal Trade Commission. 21% of the calls that they got last year were about somebody's identity theft. Man, I tell you what, you know, the enemy works all the time, right? He's always working all the time, so what do we need to do? Keep our guard up all the time. So this is what I want to show you. I want to bring it home. This, this week, I told you these things were unpacking this week. Check this out. I don't know if y'all saw it in the news or not. Close to home. A lot of times we think all this stuff is way down the road and everything else. Check this out. Close to home, right here. Newport News, right? Police Department has found out that devices were being used by thieves at Newport News gas station, right up there at Oyster Point, the raceway, okay, um, to steal credit card information using a Bluetooth uh, card reader. Now, I don't know about all that technology. A lot of us have Bluetooth phones, which basically means you can transfer information without a wire to it. That's the actual picture out of the Daily Press. That's what they found. Now, a, a lady went up there, and she was using her car to get gas. How many do that? Most all of us, right? And what happened was, what, what tipped her off was, it's like, man, my car's not working. So she went in and talked to the attendant, and they said, well, I don't know. Let's just see what's going on. When they went outside, because you can't really see. It's not visible to the eye. They, they fit it up in the pump somehow. And they say a professional, doing it, it only takes about three minutes for them to do that. And they hit all of them in there. So they come out and they go, oh, well, let's see. It looks like the, um, the receipt paper's not in there. So they called somebody to take a look. And when they opened it up, they found these devices in there. You know, who knows how long it's been in there. But now, can you imagine what I've been reading up on some of this stuff is it reads that little, uh, 
magnetic strip on your car. I also found out something else. The United States is about the only folks that still use a magnetic strip. All the other country, countries use like a, a chip in their car. So we're behind times a little bit because they got this figured out. So can you imagine that? Now just in a few, how many cars go by getting gas? And when they punch that number in, your ID or your PIN number, somebody could be over in a car with a laptop or some other device and getting all that information. And you know what? They use it to steal, kill, and destroy, right? They use that for their gain. And that's what Satan wants to do with the blessings of God, okay? So I want to talk a little bit. Now I want to tie that in. Now, again, I said this is not to scare anybody. It's to, to let us know what's happening, keep our guard up. In the same way, this is what I want to bring it in today. I want us to see this. Satan, ever since the beginning of the Garden of Eden, tried to steal what God has for a believer. He said, well, what exactly happened? I want to take a look. Uh, we're in Rome. It's fun, funny to Tim. I didn't know what he was going to do exactly. But he's in a lot of the scriptures that we were working on this week, and we never even talked. That's how the Spirit of God starts molding things when you're seeking the Lord. That's just really cool. So I want us to take a look at a few things here, and we're going to tie it all together before we launch off, all right? Romans 5.12 says, When Adam's sin, sin entered the world, Adam's sin brought death, so sin spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Okay? We kind of understand that, right? Well, let's get our minds around that a little bit more. And I pulled it in with uh, verse 15. It said, But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. Who is that? Everybody said, Jesus, man, all right, I love it. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through his other man, through this other man, Jesus Christ. God trampled what Satan tried to take over. You see what I'm saying? That's what I want us to, to understand, that no matter what your sin is or what's happening in your life, God's grace is bigger, amen? That's, see, that's why we praise him. That's what we said, man, man, I can't do it alone. You know, we can't do anything alone. But, man, God continues to pull his people together. And I thought about that. I said, what's a good way, Lord, for, for me to explain that? And I was up there writing around and doing stuff. We had an opportunity to, to go out to Owens. Anybody like eating at Owens? I just found out about the best-kept secret, you know? You know, it's over there, and you can walk out on the pier, and people coming in in the boats and stuff. And I got to thinking about the message, like I always do, eating, thinking about the message. Playing guitar, thinking about a message, you know, whatever the case. And I said, Lord, you know, how can I display what you're trying to, to show us? And one of the things was this. Just like we see in the scripture here, we're all born into sin. See, a lot of times we think, oh, it's, it's what I do. Well, you do what you do because that's who you are, right? We were born into it. You didn't have any uh, when you were first born because I know we can change it now. As you just saw what I had the wig on, we have nothing to do with our, our hair color, skin color, or anything else, right? That was passed down, right? Sin was passed down from Adam. But you know what? We have an opportunity to break free of that through God's greatest gift, Jesus. So, like I said, this is a little example the Lord showed me. Can you imagine being out on a boat and somebody falls over the side and they're out there just, just dog paddling? I mean, it's just a big ocean, right? You know, you might think of ocean of sin and they're out there. And you take a life preserver and you throw it out to them. You can't really imagine them pushing that away, can you? They would cling to it, you would think. Well, it's the same thing as we share the word of Jesus Christ, who is our life preserver. You with me? Our spiritual life preserver. When we share God's grace and share that, you would think they would just grab hold of the truth of that message. But, you know, a lot of times, if you're thinking out there, a lot of times when people are swimming. I told you my swimming story. I won't go through it again about when I was up at uh, Water Country. See, a lot of times, at first, I didn't know I was drowning. So it was funny. But when I found out I was drowning... The lady I grabbed did not think it was funny. You know, I was just like, whoa, I'm going down. You know, 
Well, you know what? A lot of times is when we're out in the world in that sea of sin, we don't really realize the impact. We don't really realize that we're in danger. But the church is supposed to send the signal and say, hey, man, you know, you're drowning in sin. You're drowning in sin. Our job is to share that life preserver, that life-giving water, the life-giving preserver, Jesus Christ, to tell them the good news. So I hope that paints a little bit of picture on what's going on there. And I want to take a few looks at um, how the enemy tries to steal some of those things away here. And it says, yes, Adam is the one, Adam's one sin brought condemnation to everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship, right? Should have underlined that, with God and new life for everyone. Now I want to add something on there. Everyone who receives him. Okay? Everyone that says, Lord, I need you. Everyone that grabs hold of the life preserver. We grab hold of the life preserver, Jesus Christ, by faith. Amen? So we're all together on that. Everybody said amen. amen. Good. You guys are looking good out there. So you got your sheets, and I got, I got a lot of stuff I want to kind of unpack here. But uh, I think, man, just write small. Okay? <laughs> on your stuff. Think big, write small, everything's good. All right? Here we go. Let's take a look at this thing here. I apologize. I put so much information in, I had to make it small. So I'll just read it to you, okay? Uh, the goal of the enemy is to steal the identity of believers. Now, this is our, this is our scripture that we started today with, John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. And Jesus says, he said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Some translation says life in abundance, okay? That doesn't mean you just kick back and everything comes to your house. That doesn't mean you're never going to get sick. That doesn't mean you're, you're not going to have difficulties. What it means is, in him, his purpose was to come to give us that fulfillment, that richness, break us loose from that sin and redeem us. Amen? So let's take a, a little bit of a look at a snapshot of what the enemy tries to do to steal our identity, okay? In Christ. The devil tries to steal the blessings of a child of God. I want to say this right now. We know that we cannot be separated from the love of God, right? We know when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we are sealed by his spirit. Salvation is a done deal, right? But we still are walking and living this thing out. And what he wants to do, what he wants to do is to try to ruin your witness, you know, just wreak havoc in your life. So what does he do? He tries to tempt you with different things. He's a deceiver. What happens in the very beginning? See, his game really hasn't changed. If you look from, you know, Genesis to now, it's the same thing. He's a deceiver. I mean, that won't hurt you, man. That's all right. You can do that for a little while. Everything's okay. Well, you know what? He's a liar, isn't he? He's a liar. He wants to take you further than you want to go. He wants to keep you longer than you want to stay. And he wants you to pay a whole lot more than you could ever afford. Amen? I hear them pencils going. I love it. He attempts to blur the vision of God's truth. See, he wants to tweak that. He wants you to go worry about, you know, these chairs are just not as comfortable as I thought they should be. You see? I'm serious. Now I'm telling you. Oh, well, you know that music is so loud. You know, I can't believe that guy dressed up with a red-headed wig on today. You miss the point if that's the deal. And, and, and that's sometimes what happens is, is the enemy tries to sneak in there and, and take one or two little things, and he starts blowing them up, blowing them up, blowing them up. So you know what? He wants to blur the vision of God's truth. The truth is God loves you and needs for you. Amen? He tries to keep you from, from God's word. Now, I don't know about this, and going to church, have y'all ever had like nine million things happen on the way to church? You know? It's an old story. This is, this is true. My buddy, he says, man, every time me and my wife get ready to go to church, it's a big argument. I said, what did you do? He said, we take two cars. He said, no problem, man. I said, you're kidding. He said, no. 
Uh-huh. He's up there. She's following. Hey, how y'all doing? Everything's good. You know? Because he's waiting for her to do this and waiting for her to do that. And, and you know, of course, he, he, you know, it's easy for guys to get ready because when we come here, we're all like the stuff all twisted up. And they're going, oh, my gosh, come on, fix this. But, you know, just like I saw a minute ago, it takes a little time. We want to look our best when we come in. You know what? But the truth is, God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And so, you know what? We look our best when we've been spending time in God's Word because we are reflecting God's best. Amen? Good word there. He tries to overwhelm you with worry and fear. Come on. I think everybody say amen on that. Worry and fear. Man, you know, I don't know if the rent's going to be here. I don't know what's going on. Man, I got the doctor report. That's not good. This everything else. Even in some of the things, and I'm not a real big political guy, but when you get somebody on the TV and say, man, if we don't do this now, this is going to happen. We need to do this. You don't make a good decision when fear is in your face. That's why preparation, right, is a key to victory. Preparing our hearts with the Word of God, preparing our hearts in prayer time, spending time with God is the best way for us to defeat the enemy, right? Because He's given us all the tools. He's given us everything we need, amen? We're going to keep on rolling. You guys got good notes, right? He's the accuser. You think about this. He will tempt you. He will nudge you. And then when you step over in that sea of sin, he wants to accuse you. You see? That's you. See? And God says, come on back. Isn't it amazing? You know, when, you, when your child is late for supper, you don't cut them out the wheel, do you? You know, I'm serious. I mean, that's, that's what he wants you to believe. You know, God says, you're still mine. You're late. Shh, come on. Get back in here. You know? Aren't you thankful? You know, that God doesn't just say, hey, uh, you know, man, three strikes are out. Four strikes are out. He's continually extending His grace and mercy and love. See, man, that's what I, I just love that. I just love that about God because, like I said earlier, His grace is bigger than my sin. His grace is bigger than your sin. His grace is bigger than all the sin because He conquered it at the cross of Calvary. Amen? Good stuff. Amen, yeah. All right, now this is another one. I said, man, I'm just brainstorming, man. I was praying. He points you to the quick fix. My dad always says, he says, you know, anything worth having is worth working for. Anything worth having, you, you know, you got to sweat a little bit sometimes. You know? You know? It, it's, it's, it's something I've talked to Don. Maybe just think about it. I, when I first met Don, he told me about when he, he worked uh, with his dad and worked in a grocery business and doing all this stuff. He knows a little bit about work. You know? They just didn't plop him in there and say, well, we want you to run this company. Spent some time behind the, the register, did a little bag and did the umbrella and a little thing and everything else. And that's the same with all of us. But you know what? Now when he deals with somebody, he's got all that wisdom and knowledge. He goes, I, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. So he can kind of communicate these things, right? You get sometimes people just, just jump right in and go, oh, well, it should be this way. It's not always just this way. The world's always uh, changing and turning. I talked to a young fellow yesterday, real smart fellow, graduated just a little bit before Thomas, and a great musician, and the guys were playing some music. I said, hey, man, how's it going? He says, well, it's going. He said, but I can't find a job. And the guy has already graduated, and, and he's got an awesome chemical engineering background. Brilliant. You know, the guy's an amazing guy. Every, every time I've been around this young man, great. And uh, he was upbeat, but I can't find a job. Man, I tell you, what I was getting at is when, when uh, we graduated what, a couple years ago for Thomas and Alex and stuff and some of the others, you're, you're the, what you graduated into is not the same thing. You know, what you were preparing for in 12th grade when you step out of first year of college, it's like, ooh, it's changing. You know, look at all the stuff, even our retirement system and things like that. It's not the same. But guess what's the same? The love of Christ always remains. That's the good news. So if I'm going to invest in something, 
I'm going to invest in something that pays eternal dividends. You say, what do you mean? Man, we put a lot of time in, a lot of energy in. That's cool. Because you know what? We see the fruit of that, the fruit of the labor of that, when we see, I don't know, what is there, 40 people in there? That's a blessing. Guess what? Because you can impact 40 more people, 40 more people, 40 more people. That's, that's it. That's, that's, just, that's just Jesus' multiplication. That's a new one right now. <laughs> just got it. Oh, my goodness. What else we got here, guys? Man, this is a true one. He entices you to serve self and not God. See, it's easy when, it, when we think about what we're going to give. If there's a bill in this hand and a bill in this hand, we go, well, we got groceries, we got this, we got this, we got this. I'll put that in. Not always financial. I just kind of thought about that. Sometimes it's like, well, you know, I've got to get that car fixed and everything. Well, nobody, hardly nobody's open at 10 o'clock on Sunday anyway. Come on to church. We'll give you a ride to get your car fixed. Oh, matter, we pray for your car. Might just, the guy might just say that he left the car right in the backyard there. You know? His hands are big, you know? And you never know, I tell you what, because sometimes a lot of connections that you have in church, you know, it, it's amazing. God works that. You go, man, I need to do that. Oh, we got one of those. Amen. You know? I know folks, some friends here, they, they, were, they were praying with the guy, and the guy said, they said, how can we pray for you? He said, I need a car. And his wife goes, he got back in the car, and he said, we need to give him the truck. He said, that's what I was thinking. Called a guy, hey, man, yeah, got something for you. It's a blessing, isn't it? God's just so good. Because they had seen the love of Christ in their life. And they didn't just say, oh, man, look at this. He said, wow, God took care of me. I think God wants me to take care of somebody else. Isn't that amazing, man? When you hear those testimonies, man, it's just, whoo, just, I love it. So what are we talking about here? His goal, Satan is, to steal, kill, and destroy. All right? We're doing good so far, right? Good deal. Had a couple of things on here. When we talk about stolen identity, I wanted us to always remember this. I'd like to give you some scripture to strengthen you. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, talks about the full armor of God. I encourage you to read that this week. Man, God will equip you. He will see you through. He will give you everything you need to come out victorious. Amen? Because we got it. We got Jesus. And something else. I thought this was neat. It said, you know what? What I wrote down here says, and because of that, the armor of God is effective. See, we're effective when we're walking in the Spirit of the Lord. All right? Well, now here's something else. Let me click this again. There we go. It's coming on up. Mistaken identity. Is anybody ever related to that? Mm-hmm. What do we got here? We often identify with the wrong things. We think, man, this is the way we need to be going. You know, just like we talked about last week, you can tell who your kid's been hanging around with a lot of times, can't you? It's like, wow, you never said that before. You never, uh, you never listened to that before. And so you hope that, you know what, they have godly influence. All right? That's what happens a lot of times. You know, we can't pick the mates for our children or anything like that, but we can sure pray about it. See, I know Thomas and Jesse are going to get the right ones when the time comes because the time they were born, Miss Barbara been praying for a wife for them and, and, and a husband for heaven. She always says, I'll tell you what, I'm praying for the right one that God has. He said, I don't know what they look like. Don't know anything about them, but I'm praying that God will bring the man and the woman that each of y'all need. And we're trusting that. So I said, I man, I said, you know what? You just trust God because grandma's already got the link on. You know? <laughs> Nothing like a praying grandmama, is it? I love it. Mm-hmm. We often mistake the grace of God for the approval of God. What do you mean by that? Well, we do this. 
And nobody, we, nobody knows about that. Do that. Nobody, well, nobody, and then next thing you man, it's like, man, everything's cool. And guess what? God's so gracious, he's, he's, he's trying to woo you back and say, you know, you know buddy, don't, don't do that. I've got bigger plans. Don't, don't settle for that. And I'm going, oh, oh yeah, I know. Hey, hey, hey I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Whatever that thing is. Drifting away from God. And, and just because God didn't come in and say, we're going to separate that right now, don't mistake that as his approval. He's constantly drawing us back through the Holy Spirit and saying, come on back. Come on back. With children. Again, I really believe when we get to heaven, God's going to say, I tried to tell you about me through your kids. I really believe that, you know? Because, you know, sometimes you say, when your kids are young, you say, don't do that. And they do that, and you don't do that. When they get a little bit older, when they come to that point where they know everything, what is that, like 17, 18, 14? All depends, right? Huh? 14. 14. Jesse, keep listening. Three more years. <laughs> but then, you, sometimes we do this. We turn around and we say, well, let me know how that works for you. You know? I heard my friend say that. She says, you know what I do? I'm going, I don't know what is going on here. And she says, you know what I tell my kids sometimes? Let me know how that works for you. You know? Sometimes it's hands off, and sometimes they have to step out. Does that mean you're going to lock the door and say, well, you can't come back? No. You always got a home. Right? That's what my prayer is. We always have a home in the heart of Jesus. Amen? Very good. We often mistake kindness for weakness. Have you ever noticed that? Now, I'm going to tell you what, in my work... What you see is what you get. I'm pretty much this way all the time. If I don't say anything, people are going, what is wrong with them? I mean, and, and usually I'm always saying something. So they don't say that often. David's going, yeah, I know. So, you know, but, you know, they, they mistake sometimes kindness for weakness. You know, I remember when, I, when they first made me a supervisor where I'm working at, I thought, well, man, well, you know, it's kind of hard if you notice when, you, when you're a worker bee and then you become the boss. They think, oh, yeah, we're just going to do it this way. Well, I'm not saying you got to go in there and crack heads, but you better establish something real fast because they're going to say, oh, yeah, man, we can do this. And, and, and then I'm sitting at the table and we're giving the workout and, they, and they're asking each other what they think they ought to do. And I'm going, time out. You know, that's, that's not the way this thing's going to work, guys. You know, value their input, everything else. But see, sometimes kindness, they think that it's weakness. And you don't have to come in there, we're going to do it this way, we're going to do it this way. You know, everybody likes to be valued. Everybody likes to have their their input value. But the truth of the matter, man, at the end of the day, you got to make the decision. And sometimes it's tough. So, you know, I say seek the Lord, take their input, lay before the Lord, just like we talked about the other day uh, when, when uh, one of the kings had a big thing to deal with. He laid all the, the message out and lay that before the Lord and let the Lord direct you. And he'll take care of the rest, I promise. We mistake the impact of sin in our lives. It's just a little bit of sin. Man, I've talked to families upon families upon families that somebody's little sin that they thought has impacted so great. If we could see the damage down the line, we wouldn't do it. Tim, I'm preaching to me first. You know what I mean? I really, if, I, if I could see, you know, man, I didn't know that was going to, you know, put that big a ripple in the pool. But you know what? If we can just think a little bit, Pray a little bit. God will lead. God direct us. I'm going I'm to work a story on this. I saw somebody last night on Facebook, and they talk about, if you were born in Buckrow, you remember these things. And I was like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And I remember going around the boardwalk. Anybody remember when you would drive around the boardwalk? I'm going to tell you about a real good case of mistaken identity. Just when I start driving. We're going down there. And all my buddies, I drive by, I say, hey, let's go yell at the girls. I was like, man, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know? 
So we're driving. They go, like, hey, baby. We're driving on by. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so, so next time, I said, well, that, that didn't look like it hurt nobody. So when my buddy Dirty Cecil was driving, I said, let me go ahead and let me just ride. So go, hey, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. Come right, go. Hey, baby. And man, this long blonde hair was there. And this dude turned around and said, You talking to me? I was like, No, the lady over there under the umbrella, Floyd. Goodness gracious, man. I was like, Oh, that's not good. I had a nice hair, dude, man. I'm just like, Oh, yeah, my buddy set me up. He's like, Hey, hey, this one. Go here. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can do it. Hey, baby. Oh, my goodness me. Mistake, the mistake of impact of sin on our lives. Well, he didn't know he was going to have to drive that fast because I was like, I think he's, I think he's coming. Whoosh, man, I should have known by all the hair on the back, but I was scared. See, you don't make a good decision when the face of fear. That's what I'm telling you, man. Not good. Woo. Oh, yeah. We often mistake what is bad for, for us as being good. Oh, man, this is what I need, you know? Like, go back and think about one of the first cars. My dad and mom, uh, my, my dad was smart, man. My dad is smart. And he says, you know, my dad wanted a truck. He said, you want a truck, don't you? I said, no, I like a car. He said, you want a truck, don't you? you give me the elbow. You want a truck? Yeah, I want a truck. Because I, I figured, seeing two against mom is going to be better than me against mom, you know? So we got a truck. And it was nice. But it didn't have no mag wheels. It had no dual exhaust. You know, none of that stuff. So I drove it for a while. And then I, I worked in the chicken business down there for KFC at Colonel. And I started making a little money, see? And, oh, man, I'm tough now. I said, I'm going to give me some wheels. I'm going to give me something cool. My dad said, well, you going to buy it. I said, okay. So I saw this 1970 El Camino was my buddy's uncle. Learned a good lesson. His, his uncle worked at a gas station. Don't buy a car from somebody that works at a gas station. Because evidently when they go home, they don't want to work on their stuff. Because he didn't work on this thing, but it looked good. Begged the guy to sell it to me. Okay. Dad went up there, gave him the money, got it. First day. <laughs> saw the little girl in the neighborhood. Oh, do you want to ride? Oh, yeah. You want to get something from 7-Eleven? Oh, sure. Man, I got that tall boy of Mountain Dew. Threw it on that girl's lap. I said, are you ready? And when I pulled out over there on Fox Hill Road, I said, man, this thing is awesome, man. Smoke rolling, you know, off the tires. Smoke rolling out the transmission. Not good. And I pulled in, right, and she's going, <coughs> blew the seal out of the transmission stand. And guess what? Everybody said, hey, you going to drive your car today? You going to drive the car? going to drive the car? No, 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 no. I had everybody there. This is the day I'm going to drive the car. So the girl gets out, and she goes, I think something's leaking under there. It walks up, and I go, all the way over there. Not good, man. Not good. So, you know, I thought that was so good for me. It was not good for me because I had to work another three months to put the transmission in that cool car. You know what I mean? So a lot of times we mistake, you know, the things we, that, are, that are, we think they're good. But you know what? It doesn't hurt to ask somebody who's been around the block a little bit. They might be able to give you a little input on that. Amen? Man, I'm running over here, but I think it's worth it. The skit doesn't count. This is only actual preaching time. Okay? Here we go. We mistake how close Christ's return is. And we know we never know when Christ is coming back. He says he's going to come like a thief in the night, right? So what I want us to do is be prepared all the time. Be prepared so that we can, we can stand good and stand tall in front of the Lord and know that we reflect his son. Amen? We'll pick up a little speed here. This is the last slide. Our true identity in Christ, okay? Everybody's still doing good, right? 
All right, all right. True identity in Christ. Here we go. I'm going over here through me. Our true identity is found in Christ. That's what I want us to see. It's all about him, not about us. Last night when all the stuff was going wrong, I kept saying, it's not about me. It's not about me because they can't hear anything I'm doing. <laughs> but you know what? Everything was all right. And I really believe that we were able to reflect Christ better that way than maybe even if we were singing. And we were, okay, yeah, they're singing and stuff. But they got to say, wow, you know, they didn't, they didn't jump up and down. And they were like, oh, we're so sorry. We said, that's okay. Okay. And they gave us some cupcakes for the day. What a blessing, man. What a blessing. See? Everybody said, praise the Lord, right? True freedom is found in his forgiveness. I'm going to tell you what. We're going to work on another message, uh, maybe doing it next week, about the bite of bitterness. I was thinking about that, the bite of bitterness, man. That thing won't turn loose unless you let it. Amen? So our freedom is found in the forgiveness of the Father. True rest is found at his feet. You know, a lot of times, I, I tell you, when you're going through a struggle, I know for me all I want to do is rest. I just, man, just give me a break. Give me a time out so I can, can regroup, you know? The last couple of weeks of my house has been pretty crazy, man. You guys know my dad's been in and out of the hospital. He's doing better now. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to tell you what. You talk about stretched. Whoa. You know, you just go, I'm going. And the ministry team's going, breathe. We're ready. Let's go back here. We're ready, you know. But God is so good. Even in the midst of that, you know what? Got to share some Jesus. That's what I'm all about. Amen. True strength is found in the faith of Jesus. You know, a lot of times we don't have to be strengthful or, or, or strong, I should say. Um, and what we can do is what he's already done. Just going to trust it. Amen. Going through here, going through here. True love is found in the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Man, that's foundational stuff right there. True power is given through the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that because you know what? When I look and we come in here in the mornings and stuff and we're setting up and doing things to have the privilege that we get to do, uh, share God's word, it's absolutely amazing. And to see everybody coming along serving and stuff, that's God working through you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? We can never do the things that God has accomplished in our own strength. We can only do that through the power of God's word. Amen? True blessing is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as Tanya comes and we get ready to wrap this up, I want you to think about the things that we talked about today. Our true identity is where we want to understand that that's the key. That's what we want to take away today. Our true identity is found in Christ because he is the king of kings. It's about relationship. And I had some notes I didn't want to. I don't want to. So the power of our identification in Christ is vital. What happened to you through Jesus is greater than any other thing that will happen in your life. It swallows up your past. It swallows up all those other doubts and puts you in the reality of the relationship with Jesus Christ. And he sets us on the path of grace. Set on the path of grace. But you still got to walk it. You still got to walk it. But you don't have to walk it alone. That's what we're talking about, the power of Jesus working through us. A couple more things here. Yes, God's grace can blot out your past failures and start charting your new possibilities today. Isn't it great when we just find out that, you know what? We got new hope. We got new grace in the morning. We got new possibilities that God wants to breathe into our life because he said, you're worth it. You're worth it, and I paid the price. And just like we talked about a little earlier today, friends, I pray that everybody here has grabbed hold of that spiritual life preserver, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray for you now, and I just want to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head.
And you know what? You say, buddy, you, you covered a lot of ground today, and we had a lot of fun. But you know, there's a few things that uh, you said I really need to address. And I, I pray that today, the first thing you address is this. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that today be the day. That you understand that His grace swallows up all the things we fall short of. He's just that good. And you know, I want you to realize that there's an enemy out there that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Try to, you know, just, just weaken your walk. But I'm going to tell you through the power of the Holy Spirit and the gift of God, Jesus Christ, that we are more than overcomers. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is your opportunity. And if this is your prayer, I just want you to look up at me and I'm going to pray for you. And it's this. Dear Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I'm giving it all to you. I believe that you died for my sin, that you're the Son of God and you rose again. And today, Lord, I'm yours and you're mine. If that's you today, just look up here. I just want to pray for you. That's what it's all about, making that decision, grabbing hold of that life preserver, Jesus Christ. And next, I just want to say, God bless you guys for what's been going on through the ministry. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, I'm going to go by your church. It's not my church. It's our church. And it's actually God's church that he is letting us be a part of. So you let me tell you, you're welcome here. You are family here. And we're thankful that you're here. And if there's something that you're dealing with, then we're going to deal with it. We're going to help any way we can. We're going to seek the Lord and come alongside you. So with that being said, Lord, I thank you for today. And I thank you for my friends. And everybody said, amen.